In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Mandy, you made this? What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Dagger, the podcast where we cover all things NBA and the top news in all of basketball. I am Taylor Call. I am joined, as always, by my boys, BJ Johnson, Dion Franklin. How we doing, boys? What's up? What's up, everybody? What's going on? What's going on? Quick reminder to, once again, follow us on Instagram at the.daggerpodcast to interact with us on the show and keep up to date with everything we got going on. So we have arrived, gentlemen. We have regular season meaningful basketball. Woo! Yes. I am, it's I about so time. About to time. To, to watch some basketball. First of all, happy holidays to everybody. Hope you guys had a good holiday out there. I know the three of us did. Yes, sir. I'm still at Mama and Papa Call's house. Still trying to recover from all the lasagna I ate. <laughs> day. I'm trying so to recover from all the booze. <laughs> <laughs> This is a kid-friendly program we run here. Come Fair on, enough. Dion. <laughs> no, I, no, I, appreciate, no, I appreciate your candor. <laughs> so super psyched, super psyched to have the regular season. And so what we're going to do here for the next podcast for the regular season is we're going to kind of do at the start of every episode, we're going to give out some awards, okay? And so for every week of the regular season, each of us here at the Dagger, we're going to give out some awards. So each week we're giving out our Hoopers of the Week. So this is guys who really balled out, really impressed us for whatever reason. And we have the Good Hustle Award. You know, in basketball, when you go out there and you do something really dumb, you have a bad turnover, get dropped on a crossover, whatever. You come back to the bench, head down. What does your team tell you? Good Hustle out there, Good Hustle, because they have nothing else to say. So the Good Hustle Award goes to those who tried hard but failed. And so that's kind of our <laughs> I don't want to just dump on guys and say like they had a really crappy week. So we're just calling it the Good Hustle Award. Makes sense. And so we're after that, we're gonna after we give out some awards, we're gonna talk about the Warriors. We're gonna talk about Brooklyn off to a hot start. We gotta talk about the Clippers. We're going to talk about the Bucks and is Giannis looking disinterested? <laughs> and we can talk about the Wizards. So, in our first impressions for the season kicking off, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> so let's yeah. let's start out with our Hoopers of the week. Okay, let's start out positive. Let's start out strong. Dion, who are you giving your Hooper of the week to? Okay, so I kind of had like three different players, but I did I narrowed it down and I decided to go with. 
a guy from the Indiana Pacers, actually. Uh, Domantas Sabonis, this man had a crazy week, crazy opening week. He uh, averaged <clears throat> three double-doubles and had 32 points, 13 rebounds, five assists in the first game. Had a triple-double in the second game and then had a double-double with 19, 10, and 5 to beat Boston on their third game. They had a perfect week. Uh, they went 3-0. and So my hooper of the week was Sabonis. And there were a few others that were really close, but I didn't know he was going to be this good. And if he keeps going, Indiana can make a pretty decent run this regular season. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Sabonis is a guy that I hope he finally gets the – the praise he deserves this yeah. year because he's really hard worker plays the right way he's an absolute unit down low and he's looking like an all-star so far this year yeah, like, yeah he, got a smooth, he got a really smooth game and they're perfect yeah so i mean far. i think a lot of people when he was in all-star last year that you know that was premature that he didn't quite deserve it and so i hope they saw that three-game stretch because he yeah. looked impressive very nice bj your hooper of the week Oh, uh, I'm coming out the woodworks with this one. I, I just switched it up, actually. Um, I was going to give Trey <laughs> Young just for averaging uh, back-to-back 30-point games and wins, actually. Um, but I want to give some love to Markel Fultz from the Orlando Magic. Oh. Uh, th- okay. This week, the Magic the Magic went 3-0, and and I think he was putting up, I think, about 20 points a game. And this is a guy who, has, since he's coming to the league, he's been ridiculed for not really um, – being consistent and just really not having the wherewithal, you know, jump shot, just a lot of things he was going through. Was it mental? Was it physical? But he signed an extension in Orlando this week. He looked like he's ready to take that next step and he's found his confidence and he put up some really good numbers and three wins for them to start the season off. Taylor, uh, who was hooping for you this week? Yeah, I, li- I like the Markel Fultz pick, first of all. That's a good take about the extension because mm-hmm. I'm sure for Markel Fultz, all he's heard his whole career so far, and it's still young. You know, but it, I'm sure all he's heard his whole career is bust, 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 bust. Mm-hmm. Every day. And, bust, you know, he goes, bust. gets a new change of scenery in Orlando. Still hasn't quite played up to his potential, but he's been a nice player for the Magic. And, you know, having that extension down there must be a huge relief for him. So I wouldn't be surprised if that, you know, takes a lot of weight off his shoulders and he can finally just play, you know. Yeah, I really like that pick. I really hope he continues to hoop. All right, my Hooper of the week, not a huge surprise, not really going out on a limb here, is Kevin Durant. I think mm-hmm. a lot of people, mm-hmm. myself myself included, you know, when you're 30 years old, you're not just supposed to come off an Achilles injury and no problem, right? Basketball's a pretty intense sport up and down, and this week he absolutely balled out and no sign of a wounded Achilles anywhere. He looks really good. Yeah. So, honestly, like, I'm not a huge KD guy. I hated the move to the Warriors, but it is good for the league. And it's just good to see him playing well and being healthy. You know, I, anytime you have stars on the floor, that's good for everybody. So yeah. happy to see KD back. Yeah, yeah. yeah I was surprised too. Like, did, did not skip a beat. I know we're going to talk about Brooklyn later, so I'm not going to, you know, divulge into that. But he looked really good. I'm not going to lie yeah. to you guys. He looked pretty seamless. Like, he never really left. Um, mm-hmm. you, you couldn't tell – from watching that Katie miss 18 months of basketball, if you looked at mm-hmm. him in the 2019 finals versus the other night, like he looked seamlessly like just right back to his natural game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looked like vintage KD or not even, even, even maybe a little better. Yeah. And yeah, so definitely. clearly, this he was working really hard at that rehab. So credit where credit's due. Oh, yeah. All right. 
Now for the negative. <laughs> Time to give out the Good Hustle Award for the week. <laughs> so we'll go in reverse order. I'll go ahead and start. My Good Hustle for the week. <laughs> my first ever, the inaugural Good Hustle Award for this week, uh, oh goes God. to LeBron James what? Jr. Oh, Jr. Okay. So if you got... If you got <laughs> I was like, like hold on. Story, I was like, hold the fuck on. <laughs> <laughs> this is a pretty funny story. So apparently, so let's 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 set the scene here. So Scotty Pippen is married to a woman who's very. I'll, I'll be honest, she's pretty attractive. Okay, in her forties, you know, looks still looks pretty good for her forties. Okay, and apparently, LeBron James Jr., affectionately known as Bronny, who is seventeen years old. Was caught sliding into Scottie Pippen's wife's DM. No way. And and trying to get some action from Scottie Pippen's wife. <laughs> this man is going to be dead before he ever reaches oh the NBA. <laughs> How did you even Apparently, find out? What like, the hell? He is bored in his life. He needs some drama. Apparently, like girls his age are not interested in him. To him, like I, he's bored of that. I guess because we're going on to the wives of oh my Hall God. of Fame players. <laughs> so <laughs> this is a bad idea for a lot of reasons. You know, I don't judge. You know, live your life, sure, shoot your shot. But Scottie Pippen is not a person to be playing with. So, mm-hmm. just for your longevity, I'm going to go ahead and give you the Good Hustle Award, Ronnie James. <laughs> I, I would oh at least stick the single one if I were you. That is ridiculous. I had no clue that this happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Taylor, that's a great one. I saw yeah. that. And I had to like refresh Twitter to make sure that was real because I'm like, well, Scotty's a great defensive player, so Bronny, you might want to work on your game if you're trying to score like that. <laughs> oh man, what's the opposite of shoot your shot? Because that's what he needs to do. <laughs> but then the great, the best part is that Bronny then goes and tweets. I'm just liking one of my best friend's mom's picture, y'all childish. And I thought the irony of that. Was hilarious when he said we're we're childish. I'm like Bronny, right. I didn't even take in geometry yet, you know. <laughs> I mean, he might be he might be hooping on the court, but he's shooting bricks on social media. So. Oh, straight bricks! Oh God, <laughs> that's a great hustle award. Yeah, that's, that's, a, great, that's, that's yeah, yeah, that's a good one. If, if I really if, one. if if a genie came to me today. If a genie came to me to get today and gave me three wishes, all three of my wishes would be to be a fly on the wall when LeBron sits his son down to talk about him sliding into Scottie Pippen's wife's DMs, dude. I would kill <laughs> to hear that conversation. Yeah. He's like, son, I'm trying to be the goat, and this doesn't help me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's hilarious! All right, DJ. Oh my god, is that that's hard to follow? That's really yeah, hard to follow. It's really hard but, to follow. Um, I think Dion and I might have very similar opinions on this one, so I don't want to take too much. Mm-hmm. But this was a guy I was super, super hyped on. That has been absolute hot garbage. Uh, <laughs> Kelly Oubre. 
Dookie. Kelly Oubre has I been... tried to tell y'all. And 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 so we have been corrected. Um <laughs> when I tell you he's averaging five points a game, shooting seventeen percent from the field. Seventeen percent from the field Ooh. and two point seven turnovers a game. So he's averaging almost Ooh. as many turnovers as he is points. He still mm-hmm. has not has not made a three. And he honestly kind of looks lost on the court. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Steph has kind of come to realization that, um, you know, it's hard to make a good meal when you got some terrible ingredients. And I got to <laughs> say, like, I, I think Ubre might be the worst fit just right now until he gets acclimated. Maybe it's the system. Mm-hmm. But he looks like – and you would never know how good he was in Phoenix if you just watched Kelly Ubre play basketball these past three games. Mm-hmm. He just doesn't look like the same player. I mean – 17% from the field. I think you have to try to be that bad. Like, he couldn't <laughs> he couldn't hit the ocean if he was standing on the shore. That's how bad he's playing. <laughs> you know? But you did, they could sub you in, bro, and you'd get, get at least 20% from the field. I was going to say, I can at least give you 20% from the mm-hmm. field and maybe six points with maybe two turnovers. <laughs> I'm not shooting 17% from the field, mm-hmm. even with my left hand. Dion... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, 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 who, who was hustling for you this week? That was the, the same exact as mine. Uh, I was appalled. He was, he's one of my favorite players. <laughs> he was one of my favorite players when he was in Phoenix. This man just turned around that culture. Like, I don't even know how, how they thought about trading him, but he just doesn't, it just looks like one of the monsters from Space Jam came and just sucked his talent out of him. <laughs> It is ridiculous. This man went zero for 17 in three-pointers in the first three games. Oh, my God. That is insane. He went three for 14 and three for 16 and one for 10 in the first three games overall. And on top of that, the first game, his plus minus was negative 28. Damn. Enough said. Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr had a higher plus minus than that. (laughs) Listen. He, I'm he's just so confused. There's no way you could make those numbers any worse. But I thought for a while that Kelly Oubre was pretty overrated. So, this, I mean, to say that I'm not surprised by those numbers is lying. That's atrocious. That's but like, it doesn't surprise me to see see him taking a step back. But I'm yeah, sure he'll not this get on big track a step back. Point, you know, it's like it's yeah, it's night and day. Like last yeah. year, he was a really really good like role player. And now yeah. he's literally looks like a G League. Not even Dang. G League. Yeah. A double recipient of the Good Hustle Award from both. Yeah. yeah. Two times. Beyond. Tough. Oh, yeah. Tough, Tough. week for Kelly. Oof. Tough week. Tough week for Kelly. I mean, we'll have to keep track and have some awards mm-hmm. at the end of the year. Oh, yeah. Kind of like we... the Shacked in a Fool Awards. You know, we'll have our <laughs> ultimate Good ultimate Hustle good Award hustle. for this season. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to. Oh, yeah. Kelly Oubre off to a hot start. Mm-hmm. Oh, if there if there was a a good hustle play of the week, I would give that one to Paul George because his pass, week, naturally his pass to the ref was <laughs> he got great pass. Of, he, he, that was great pretty funny. In transition, gets the ball, passes it to the corner where the ref is, and then gets mad at his teammate because he wasn't there. I know that was the funny part is him shaking his head and yeah. you know holding his <laughs> hand yeah. up like someone was supposed to be there or something. You're that the first the one down part. the court. Who's supposed to be there? <laughs> fucking... Right. 
Somewhere oh, Doc Rivers is saying, what adjustments should I have made to make you pass the ball <laughs> to somebody else? The one time I passed and you weren't there. Last time he does that. All right. Oh, my goodness. We've given out some awards. Let's mm-hmm. talk about – I mean, it's a very small sample size. You know, mm-hmm. I think a lot of teams have played three games. Some have only played one or two. But let's talk about our impressions so far mm-hmm. for this season. Let's talk about maybe the thing that's on everybody's mind. And we alluded to it with Kelly Oubre. But the Warriors starting out the oh, season getting absolutely worked by both Brooklyn and now I'm forgetting the second team they played. And Milwaukee Milwaukee on Christmas. Yeah. Mm. Getting absolutely worked back-to-back games against – I mean, good teams. Let's be honest. Those are good teams. Yeah. But But what is going on with the Warriors? Well, what's going on is they have nobody other than Steph. (laughs) That's what's going on. Uh, James Wiseman is looking really good, but he's just a rookie, so he can't really come in and turn around the franchise. Uh, right away, at least he can't. So that was growing pains for them, and hopefully Kelly can turn around. I know Andrew Wiggins won't because he hasn't turned around since he got in the league. But I don't know. And then they go and win by one and get all excited, like they just won a championship. But I guess, <laughs> I guess that's enough for them. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't see Draymond coming coming in and changing everything. So. It's going to be another Definitely rough year not. for them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. they look horrible. Mm-hmm. Horrible. Like, they look the same as they did last year. Yeah. If and not it's worse. like, I was thinking coming into the season, you know, with Clay Thompson, they were a championship contender, maybe the championship contender mm-hmm. other than the Lakers. I exactly. thought Clay Thompson gets hurt. They're, they're still a playoff team. But what I saw in back to back games, small sample size, small sample size. They did bounce back and get a win the other night. Mm-hmm. But what I saw with my eyes was just horrible. Andrew completely Wiggins looks completely lost. It's still a, a turnstile on defense. You know, mm-hmm. it's actually like helping other teams score. <laughs> and like Kelly Oubre looks horrendous. James Wiseman does look good. I'll give you yeah. that. But they have no shooting. <clears throat> Steph Curry is getting blitzed off the ball. Can't mm-hmm. do anything. And you, you see it in Steph Curry's face. In the Milwaukee game, he's like, what do I have to work with? Why, what is happening? What is this? <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> and maybe uh, they could turn it around, but based on what I saw, you know, opening night and Christmas Day, uh-huh. they are quite a bit away from Clay Thompson and Draymond Green coming back for being competitive. It will take more than that to uh-huh. turn that around. Oh, yeah. And, like, they gave up 130 points a game in the first three games. How is that even possible? You're letting the Bulls work you like that. <laughs> exactly. Jesus 130 Christ. points a game. Like, that's not just yeah, bad defense. Yeah. It's just, like, you're barely <laughs> even shooting. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. <clears throat> I'm, I'm perplexed. To call yeah, that they... defense. To use the Warriors and defense in the same sentence. <laughs> <laughs> that's an oxy. That's an oxymoron at this mm-hmm. point. Oh yeah. Like they, they, they can't defend. They can't shoot. Like when would you ever think that you would say the Golden State Warriors can't shoot? That 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 used to be a team that had more shooting than anybody. Mm-hmm. And it's like you get blown out by playoff contending teams, and you only beat the Bulls by one. It's like you can't really hang with good competition, but you can barely beat the teams who aren't that good. 
And I'm starting to ask myself the question of can Steph carry a team? I used to think Steph got a little bit of criticism unfairly, but I did realize, you know, what can he do without superstar talent around him? Because I get mm-hmm. if you go from having KD and Clay around you to now you have Jordan Poole, um, you have Eric Eric Pasca. I'm like, what what can mm-hmm. you do with these guys? And we've seen like Westbrook, we've seen LeBron, we've seen individual stars have great seasons and will their teams pretty far. But it's like, what can can Steph get? Can Steph do that same thing? And I use the same thing that I said in the last kind of segment. When you take good ingredients out the kitchen, like what do you expect someone to do? Like just compare what Tom Brady had to go through last season with the Patriots, like to give him that weapon, like arsenal of receivers and have to make him basically will the team to victory. It's like, what can Steph do? You know, he's a guard. So can he impact defense? Is he going to get you steals? Like what is Steph really going to do for them at this point? It just seems like he has to be all world spectacular just for them to be competitive at this point. Like, it's, it's really weird to see a dynasty go down such a steep decline so fast. Yeah. Right. I, and, I mean, let's give Steph his due. I mean, you're asking the question, can Steph carry a team? I mean, the answer is clearly yes, based on, you know, some stretches that the Warriors had and some playoff runs where he had to do the work. But the question is, can Steph carry this team? And based on what I saw, No. Like, the cupboard looks bare in Golden State. You have James Wiseman playing pretty well, you know, but without Steph assisting to him, probably not as well. But other than that, Wiggins looks trash. Kelly Oubre looks horrible. Like, I don't think Steph can carry this team. I think he just gets – it's fighting doubles for the rest of the season. He can't – you know, other teams will just live and die – with the rest of the Warriors and not let Steph beat them. And that way, I don't think the Warriors are beating a whole lot of people. Yeah, they probably not even going to make the play. They definitely not going to put make the playing games if they keep playing like this. And Steph yeah. needs to start shooting better. Yeah, I get, I get his, well at all. Yeah, I get his teammates like our ass, but two for 10, two for 10, five for 15. That's not Steph. This man can splash yeah. out of anywhere. And he's shooting like that's 20%. 45%. Yeah. That's seven for 40. Wow. Yeah. For 35, yeah. So, I don't – he needs to – you know, he also needs to step up a little bit more if they – Well, clearly this is uncharted territory for yeah, Steph because yeah, he's benefited from having great teammates. Uh, you can't double-team Steph Curry because you have Klay Thompson in the wing, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And so, without Klay Thompson, it'll be interesting to see if Steph can adjust and if he has to create his own shot if he's the same Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. And so far, the answer is no. But yeah. – We'll see if his game adjusts yeah. as the season goes on. Yeah, we'll see. And Steve, Steve, hopefully, Steve Kerr will like make some adjustments. Make some adjustments because it's also it's also on him because mm-hmm. like he's not like he has a super horrible team. Like there's nobody on the team. Like let's say Chicago or something. You still have Steph and you still have James. You can still like make adjustments and take a few games like here and there. Yeah, but you know it's still the first three games, so. Just, I don't know. Probably gonna run a ton yeah. of pick and roll now between yeah. Steph and James. I would assume. Well, well here's a question that's way too early to speculate on. If the Warriors have another really bad year, like mm-hmm. last year, with Steph healthy, is it time to move on from Steve Kerr? Like the thought seems unthinkable, but based on the basketball they've put out so far, mm-hmm. it 
seems like it begs the question. That's a great like, question, actually. Uh, and in my mind, it kind of seems like it would be. Like, if despite the injuries, despite everything, it mm-hmm. would seem like if they have another really bad year, then you got to move on from Steve Kerr. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we saw that, like, even, like, he benefited from having these amazing teams. And even when he was gone in stretches where he was gone because of like illness or whatever, the team was still the same. So it's definitely not only because of him. Luke Walton got them to like 24 and 0. Luke Walton was coaching been on the fuse streak. Exactly. Exactly. So I guess like we can just say that he's benefited from good teams in the past and he's probably not that great of a coach that we think he is, you know, still good. He's still a good coach, but I think it, it could be time for them to move on. I think the di- yeah, like VJ said a couple uh, episodes ago, like the dynasty might be over. Yeah, yeah I mean that's what it's looking like. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, with Steve Kerr, it's hard to say because honestly, I felt like the Warriors. This is going back a few years. Kind of mm-hmm. did Mark Jackson dirty of like I oh, feel like retweet. Mark Jackson yes. yeah really yes. built the foundation of the Warriors that we came to know and hate. You know, really built the foundation for that team. And then they cut ties with him and went to Steve Kerr. And I felt like that was, I don't know. I liked Mark Jackson. I thought he did a great job, but you know, mm-hmm. Steve Kerr got the keys to the kingdom and let's be honest, you know, let's give him his due and converted, you know, mm-hmm. four straight yeah. final oh, yeah. appearances, you know, five straight finals appearances, right? Five. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Five. You're right. Yeah. Five, yeah. you know, one, three. And so, you know, let's give him credit where credit's due, but it's, you know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, as the, as the season goes on, we'll have to keep our eyes on that storyline. Yeah, yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. All right. From the Warriors to what looks like the hottest team in the NBA right now coming out of the gates, Brooklyn, off to a really hot start, completely burying the Warriors, putting it on the Celtics at the Garden, making it look pretty easy, <laughs> mm-hmm. to be honest. And so – are we buying the Brooklyn Nets as one of the best teams in the NBA? Not yet. That's my answer. I just I'm not convinced yet. They had a, two really good games, uh, but the thing is, I don't know that they can find the consistency throughout the season because if they rest their players so like really often, I don't think that like they can get in that rhythm. And now they even lost Spencer uh, Dinwiddie to the ACL injury. So that's another piece that they're miss- They're going to lose. He was a pretty good defensive player and they're going to lose <laughs> the little defense that they have already. So that's the only problem I see with them, uh, especially because they already rest in KD and Kyrie after three games. What is there to rest after three games? I'm, I'm confused. Stop load managing after the first week of games. I'm just... I guess it's something that just we just need to keep an eye on. But they did look really good in the first two games. Their supporting cast really played a really important role too, especially on defense. I think I'm going to buy a little bit of stock on Brooklyn, um, mm-hmm. although I don't want to because there's only two things that are keeping me kind of shaky. Uh, I don't know who they're going to guard. They don't really seem like a team that's interested in guarding that much. I think Charlotte proved that. Last night, they pretty. Mm-hmm. They, I think all their starters were in double digits, and Gordon Hayward had a flawless game pretty much against yeah. the Nets. Um, for them to win, I think they would have to be in that top 10 or top 12 defensive efficiency as a team. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if they're going to play that much inspired defense for 72 games throughout the season. As Dion just said, they're already kind of like taking their foot off the gas a little bit. 
Um, and my second thing was Dinwiddie. Uh, I think that's a huge hit only because that's a guy who's a facilitator who mm-hmm. wasn't really looking to score that much. And the odd thing is he didn't really have a bona fide role. I thought he's going to be a six man, but it seems like that's where Levert is going to fit in instead. Mm-hmm. But I just think losing Dinwiddie, as Dion said, you lose a defender, you lose another bucket getter who you would need down the stretch in the playoffs. And a guy who's really like not selfish with the ball, I would say. But I don't see anybody beating them in the East per se. Mm-hmm. Like I don't see I, I honestly don't see Milwaukee beating Nets. Um I'm I'm not sold on the Sixers yet. I think the Celtics, when completely healthy, would be the closest team to giving a run for mm-hmm. their money, even though they've been, you know, destroyed by the Nets on Christmas and in preseason. I just think that's a fair matchup. But I'm buying I'm buying stock on Brooklyn just because I think the only thing that's going to mess them up, like I said, is health, defending, and then whatever Kyrie might come up with mm-hmm. when it's, like, the dog days of the season, <laughs> you know. Yeah, also, like, they're passing. Like, they don't pass a lot. So most of their sh- shots are iso ball. And once the shots don't go down, that's when the problems. Yeah, I think I'm with Dion. And I'm pumping the brakes with the Nets. Like, I'm agreeing with you, VJ, that they do look really good. They look really good. Mm-hmm. But, and I know why KD is getting a rest day already. It's to get his mind right. You know, gets, you know, get his mind right after what mm-hmm. Terry Rozier did to him the other night. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, I, 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 would need to, I would need some time to think through, you know, that baptism as well. Need to make sure, you know, his, his <laughs> feelings. Are, are able to recover after that but <laughs> i mean fair. with the nets i'm not surprised at all Kyrie mm-hmm. starts out every season this way he comes out of the gate super hot super motivated reminds everyone what he can do but he fades down the stretch every mm-hmm. time okay a motivated Kyrie irving is dangerous he is one of the, if not the best player in the NBA at his absolute height. When he's hot, when he's motivated, he is unstoppable. The problem is, is keeping him motivated throughout the entire year. And even if he's motivated, keeping him healthy throughout the entire year mm-hmm. is nearly impossible. And he seems really motivated with Brooklyn. Um, good to see he was actually talking in like post-game interviews and stuff. That was good to see. Mm-hmm. But like, Brooklyn is not the question is not where they're going to be in December which is going to be near the top of the NBA where mm-hmm. they're going to be at in March where they're going to be at in April is everyone going to be healthy like Spencer Dinwiddie already out hate to see that but like with Kyrie Irving is he going to be healthy and is he still going to be motivated when the dog days start to hit mm-hmm. I don't know interesting to see so i'm, I'm pumping the brakes so i'm not buying it yet mm-hmm. it's, uh, you're right like with Kyrie keeping him motivated because he's already he's he's low managing tonight too like they're both out tonight what's his excuse for being out tonight is this is gonna be interesting because like if you sit out once every three games that's probably gonna be at least like 10 to 15 losses you know like it's gonna be clippers part two exactly so um, i don't know it's, it's going to be an interesting year for Brooklyn, that's for sure. Let's talk about the Clippers. Because what I have written down is the Clippers look great, then don't. <laughs> so, Clippers beat the Lakers opening night. They look spectacular. We're in control of that game pretty much from the start. 
And then they beat the – who did they beat Christmas Day? Uh, oh, the Nuggets. Nuggets. Yeah, they yep. beat the Nuggets. So, the you know, perceived top two teams in the West. Mm-hmm. They beat them both. Look great. And then they play the Mavericks. <laughs> and suffer what I believe was the worst loss in NBA history. Oh, my God. Was it so actually? At, in the shot I, clock I, era. Yep. I, I know I it was bad, was. but not that bad. <laughs> it was bad. Oh, however bad you think it was, it was worse. <laughs> it was bad. What was the score at halftime, VJ? 77 to 27. That is not made up. <laughs> Down fifty in twenty-four dur- minutes of action, and during the hat and during that first half, it was even worse than that. It was like seventy-one to nineteen at one point. Like it was. Bad. Oh yeah, it was. It was. Oh god, <laughs> they're just like so up and down. Is not even funny. So it's so ridiculous. So sitting here right now, what do we make of the Clippers? So in my notes, I only wrote one thing. Because that's the only thing that I needed to write. And what I wrote was Clippers without Kawhi are literally nothing. This man misses one game and they lose by a million points. It's ridiculous. So they're extremely Kawhi dependent. <clears throat> Playoff P is irrelevant as usual. And we knew this. Everybody was so hyped. Oh my God, they beat the Lakers. Playoff P went off. Shut the fuck up. We knew this was going <laughs> to happen. We knew that Without Kawhi, they're nothing, and that's that. So, what I'm I'm having the, their stats pulled up and like their rankings. They're 29th in points per game, 30th in rebounds per game, 23rd in assists per game, and 20th for uh, defense. After three games, it's ridiculous, and that's just off of one game, bad game, and that's the game where Kawhi wasn't there. So, all I have to say is no Kawhi, no wins, no nothing. Yeah, I mean, hard, hard, hard to argue with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> Paul George did look really good versus the Nuggets and versus the Lakers. Yeah, but when left to his own devices, suffers the worst loss in NBA history, <laughs> and then after the game has the audacity to say it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't God. matter. Like, ask your fans if it matters. <laughs> Ask like, don't any get me reasonable, wrong. reasonable person if it matters. Yes, it does. Like, don't you get me fucking wrong. idiot. Luka Doncic is great, but the Mavericks are not great. There's like, nobody else on that a, team. A, right. They're still a step or two away from being a good team. Mm-hmm. And you're down 50 at the half? And you say it doesn't matter? It was probably even before the half they were down 50, to be honest. They were probably down 50 after, like, a quarter and a half. Oh, don't don't worry. Don't worry. I got so much to say about Oh, yeah. I'm, Talk I'm, to I'm us. tagging you in, VJ. Talk to us. Get him. So, Get him. So, like, like, like Taylor said, I'm just minding my business on a Sunday afternoon, and I get a text from my friend Kalan. And he literally, <laughs> all he sends me is a screenshot of a score, and I'm like, Okay, what is that? It says 63 to 18. I'm like, that can't be a regulation basketball game with grown men. (laughs) No kidding aside. (laughs) I checked. These are adults, right? They're getting paid for this. So I check NBA TV and sure as hell, the Clippers are down 50 points in 24 minutes of action. 
these men in their new city edition uniforms are down 50 big ones. And I'm like, hold on. Is Dirk out there? Is like I was like, I had to wipe my eyes. I'm like, I only see Luca. I don't see Porzingis. I don't see anybody else from the championship team in 2011. I thought was did Dirk just come out of retirement and suit up? Because there is no way that the Mavs were up 50 and sure as hell they were. And like Taylor was just saying, for Paul George to say it's not a big deal. Well, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you cool with being down by 50, yeah, they, of course. And I know it's one of 72 games, but I think that kind of means something. Like, if you lost by 20, I'm okay, I get it. You just played a Christmas game, and you might have been stuck, you know, in the lulls of that. But one of 72 games, you lose by 50, that's kind of, that's kind of a big deal. You Like, you were down 50 at halftime, and you lost by 51. So you mean to tell me you didn't have any pride? You didn't want to cut that down to at least – 30, make it look okay, make it look like you're actually out there suiting up. Exactly. And I'm like, well, the Lakers played right after that. In my mind, like, well, y'all could have cut that Clipper game off and just started putting the Lakers court out there in the Staples Center because basically it wouldn't have mattered anyway. That team was going to lose higher hell water. And then I just thought about, again, when we thought about when they lost last year, we had to find somebody to blame. We had to blame Doc for coaching and adjustments. Then we had to blame Montrez Hell for locker room issues. And it comes back to this for me. The Clippers have the same issues they always do. They don't have a leadership. They, they, I think they lack pride. The only yeah. time they play with pride and the only time they seem to care is when they play the Lakers. That's the only thing they care about. That's their conference championship. That's their finals win is when they <laughs> have to play the Lakers. That's the only time they care. Other than that, they overlook every other team and they don't take any pride in what they do unless mm-hmm. LeBron is on the court, it seems. And it just seems like, to me, we thought the Clippers, oh, the Clippers look great on opening night. PG is dropping 30, passing to the ref. It don't matter. He's got his neck braids in, trying to look like Kawhi. He's got his trainer, two healthy <laughs> shoulders. And here we are. These boys had a 50-piece extra sauce, extra ranch, just like the Clippers in the bubble. So to that... <laughs> I don't have any much. I don't have much more to say other than Clippers, Flippers, Tippers, Lakers, and Five. That's all I want to say about that. That's all I gotta say. I mean, you're you're, you're talking about range. My- I mean, when, when when you're down fifty at the half, when you're down fifty halfway through the second quarter, that's not just ranch. That's ranch barbecue, honey mustard, cane <laughs> sauce, Chick Fil A sauce, sriracha. That's all the sauce dumped right on your head. Mm-hmm. Okay. Man. You, you have the audacity to go into the half with 27 points? 27. 27. That's like when the UConn women's team plays a Division <laughs> three team. We're talking about 20. These are oh grown men. Supposedly the best. Exactly. Th- that's the thing. That's the thing. The fact that they're oh supposed to be the, like one of the contenders and they lose by 50 to a sub – like. Like to an average Dallas team with missing their second oh superstar, God. not playing even like super, super duper great because nobody went off. Like, no, no. nobody went off that game. <laughs> it's just but, but to me, that speaks that speaks to VJ's point of I, the Clippers have a pride problem. Mm-hmm. They have a pride problem. Most definitely. Like, you never see the greats have games like that. Like, yeah, we can overreact to one game and, you know, they'll probably be a pretty decent team this year. 
But, like, you don't see Jordan come out and have no pride. You don't see LeBron mm-hmm. come out and just take games off because he has pride. If mm-hmm. every game means something to him, that doesn't mean he doesn't lose. He's occasionally blown out too, but by yeah. 20, by 18, maybe 25. Mm-hmm. Nobody's you know, the greats do not deal. let their team get down by 50. They don't. And so not PG wants to pretend like he's one of the greats when he has a when he has a decent game. And then he just lays a complete egg and gives up the next game. And if you want to be great, that can't happen. Yeah. It's, because it's, you wouldn't let it happen. It's, it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And then to not put that on your shoulders once again and deflect mm-hmm. because he had nowhere else to put it. You mm-hmm. know, he has nowhere else to put it. So he's just going to pretend like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Dude, it, it, that, oh, that matters. He, oh, I forgot one thing. What he said after the game was just, it was even worse, too, because he said – you know, I enjoyed my Christmas a little too much. This game snuck up on me. I cut my TV off. So I was like, there you go again with that BS. Yeah. How are you going to say the game snuck up on you like they just put it on the calendar after Christmas? What mm-hmm. do you mean? Like you enjoyed your Christmas too much? Like I'm pretty sure a team, the Mavs played on Christmas and they got blown out. And they came around with you and you mm-hmm. won on Christmas, but you come out there and get dropped by the Mavericks. Like, what do you mean the game snuck up on you? And to Taylor's point, like, Great players have pride. Like, mm-hmm. if you lose by 50 and you say that's not a big deal, that tells me all I need to know about you Literally. as a competitor. And why and, – and, and, again, they just signed him to that max extension. Is that really mm-hmm. who you're putting your faith in as a Clipper fan or, or as the owner? Is that really who you put in the front – who you putting your faith in right now? Mm-hmm. I think we can label it as B-O-B, bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what it is. That's it. I mean, God, God rest again. God, God rest his soul. What would the great Kobe Bryant have said if his team lost by fifty? You think he would come out and it say it didn't fights. matter? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You think he? Do you think first of all it would never happen? Yeah. Like second of all, do you think he would say come out and say it yeah. doesn't matter? You know, he would probably it, fight. It, his it doesn't matter. No, it matters. Kobe Every would have got matters. suspended. He would have mm-hmm. got suspended. And I wish we could, yeah. like, we're talking about things we're tracking. I'm tracking Paul George excuses throughout this season. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. please, get a spreadsheet. Please do that. Please do that. Put that on a spreadsheet because it's going to be oh, full Oh, I shoot too much. Oh, you know, I was shooting too many jumpers, and which also wasn't my fault. It was Doc's fault. Oh, <laughs> Montrez Harrell isn't a locker room guy, even though he's an absolute unit I got my, I got my enables me. Yeah, my trainer. Oh, injuries. Oh, oh and please keep track. We're up to like five. Says. Like, how many excuses are you gonna give? You have the audacity to name yourself playoff P, and then just oh. give nothing but excuses when things don't go right. This dude is soft. Mm-hmm. The definition of soft. Charmin Ultra, as Kobe <laughs> once said. <laughs> Man, this is like the things they stuff blankets with, soft. Like, (laughs) what's the thread count on PG? That's what I want to (laughs) know. We're talking 5,000 Egyptian. Oh, man, that man is Italian. (laughs) That man is Italian suit soft right there. That's Mm. what he like. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking biscuits right out the oven, soft. Mm. Talk to me. (laughs) Not them dry Popeye's biscuits. No, no, no. That's what we're talking we're talking Mr. Pillsbury. Pillsbury. <laughs> <laughs> this, this man is Pillsbury fresh pancake no soft. soft. God. 
Fucking Paul George. <laughs> We're talking Denny's pancake soft. This is, <laughs> oh, yeah. I better I better I better see no more excuses from this man. Yeah. I, I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Just when you think he can't get no softer, he loses Damn. by a hundred what could have been a hundred points if the Mavericks kept trying. Which yeah. not a great team, by the way, but okay. <laughs> It's not like Luca played forty minutes. Luca plays twenty five and had twenty four points. Yeah, that I means mean, his new is... nickname. New nickname is Pancake P. That's what it is. <laughs> That's his new nickname. You heard it here first, folks. Man, we're talking Sarah Lee out the bag, soft. Oh, oh man, I'm talking Subway. Oh my goodness, Pancake go. P. Ooh. We have to yeah. trademark that for the dagger. <laughs> Make, making me hungry. <laughs> Pancake pee. <laughs> yeah, I know we got some. I know we got some batter over there. So I'll be you know, as soon as this episode is done. Make some cardiac <laughs> cakes. Yeah, I need some kind of some kind of bread product. <laughs> After all that. Oh, oh man. <sighs> all right. I don't want to switch topics, but we have to. <laughs> all right this this is something that we were talking amongst ourselves when we were watching both opening night and christmas day mm-hmm. the bucks okay bucks blew out the warriors okay these days not that hard to do it seems guy handled who who beat them i'm getting all my i'm getting all my games yeah, yeah. Opening the, night the, the, the celtics the celtics got them by one celtics point. Beat oh, yeah, them. Celtics the knicks the, the Knicks, Knicks then, then the, the Knicks beat them. Bockers. Celtics beat them on a late Jason Tatum step back. Mm-hmm. I don't care what Dion. I'm gonna stop you right there. I don't care that he banked it in. I don't. Care. He didn't call it. It was a great shot. He didn't call it. He called game. That's all that matters. <laughs> to quote the great Paul Pierce, he called game. That's all that matters. And then Giannis gets a book. Okay, but all right, we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. But. <laughs> The Bucks lose to the Celtics late. They made a nice comeback. Celtics were kind of in control for most of the game. They do what the Celtics do and blew a fourth quarter lead, but regained it on a miracle shot from Jason Tatum. And then they lose to the Knicks. And we were talking amongst ourselves in our group chat. And does Giannis look bored to you? 100%. Like those 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 three games, I didn't see a lot of fire out of Giannis, a lot of passion. Absolutely like, zero fire. I, I have too much respect for the man to say that, you know, he earned his money and now he doesn't care. Like, I, I don't think that's the case at all. But he looked mm-hmm. bored. I think it's actually the exact opposite. He got the money and it's not that that's the case. I think the fact that he got the money put extremely more pressure on him. Like, pressure that he thinks uh, he needs to change his game, need to up his game another step. But his game is already, like really solid and he got that money because he's been playing like that so i don't think he needs to change and i think he's feeling the pressure that he needs to do something different now that he got the money and i don't think so because he had two back-to-back mvps so that's the reason why he got the money i was just like disappointed in seeing like the lack of fight coming out of the gate i noticed that the first game the first night when they played uh who they played the first night boston Boston Golden, I, yeah. yeah I, I saw that the first night. I just no type of emotion. He was always down and sad. Never got hyped up or me mugged anybody or jumped up when like something cool happened. It's just like completely out of character. 
I'm really hoping he shakes it off. He needs to talk to somebody. I don't know what has to happen for in order to him to go back to what he was last year, <clears throat> but he needs to do it. And uh, I don't know. I, I was just disappointed of how he came out at the gate. And what, like, confirmed that kind of for me was when Thanasis came into the game and got a couple good plays, and he just, like, sat there, sat there and, like, didn't do anything. No reaction. Last year, Th- Thanasis lays it up. Thanasis does anything. Giannis is the first one up, flexing, jumping, yelling, j- running into the court. And this year, oh, high five. You know, yeah. some stupid shit like that. It, it's just like, what is going on with Giannis? Yeah, I mean, it, I, I noticed the same thing. Of like, he just looked kind of like he wasn't in the same arena as everybody else. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to say that when Giannis is still getting 25 points, you know, says something to the player that he is. Yeah. And I admit my own selfishness in needing Giannis to do well because I drafted him first first overall in our <laughs> fantasy league. So I need Giannis. Giannis. I, need, I, I need Giannis. Can't do it without him. But so I, I admit my selfishness. But I mean, he, I, something's just a little off. And I, I like your take, Dion, that maybe he's just feeling the pressure of like, you know, he, he re-signed because he genuinely loves Milwaukee. He loves the Bucks. Mm-hmm. I think he is feeling the pressure of he has to do it this year. He was supposed to do it last year. They didn't. And he's feeling the pressure. But and I think that, you know, probably explains what, what's going on. But, you know, I have to think he's going to snap out of it and start bodying people mm-hmm. before you know it. He's still playing pretty well, yeah. you know, by the own by his own ridiculous standard that he set for himself, you know, the past two seasons. Mm-hmm. You know, he hasn't quite gotten there yet. But he, I got to think he'll he'll start. Yeah, he's been playing uh, good. It's just like the – up here fun. just a second. Any day. Another thing – that made the Bucks so great was that the players around him fed off his energy, and we don't see that this year. So that's going to be a problem yeah, if he but, doesn't snap out of it, you know. And but he's still putting up numbers. I'm actually, I'm actually going to disagree with you. Really? Um, I think it was less than feeding off of Giannis, and more that there there was just a great group of guys in Milwaukee, and more they were feeding off the Lopez brothers and Wes Matthews. And I think it was actually Giannis feeding off those guys. You, you know, they're doing so. their wrestling, you know, routine in the in the in the tunnel and stuff like they were just having a lot of fun and even though the bucks are really good it looks kind of joyless to me like it's not just Giannis. but yeah but like that's said, what i'm saying because last year the only thing that was different this year is Giannis lack of energy on the on and off the court and he like i think like even the players around him are not as enthusiastic as they were last year because there's no right. like, and, and that's what I'm saying is I think they had some locker room guys last year that aren't with the team this year that really helped with that. Fair. But to me this just speaks about a new team in the season of COVID. Of uh, they've had very little training camp together, very little preseason. This is a new group. Mm-hmm. And so they don't know each other super well yet, but I I think they'll find that. I think they'll find their identity as the season goes on. Mm-hmm. There's way too many good players, and Giannis himself is way too great for them not to figure it out at some point. So I think they'll be okay. Yeah, but I'm really. What, what do you? Um, there is this complex just because. Well, part of me loves the Bucks just because I'm from here. I'm a hometown guy, and the other part of me just like I've seen what happens to the organization sometimes, 
And I feel like Giannis is like once in a generation, like all those superlatives. But if you go back to the Boston game, he had 18 points in the fourth quarter, 17 entering the fourth quarter to finish with a total of 35 points for the game. He was historically great in the fourth quarter, but all everyone remembers is the missed free throw. Mm-hmm. Like no one was talking about how good he was in the fourth. It was more of so Giannis still can't make clutch shots. Mm-hmm. And I think more than anything is that what we all just have been saying is that that pressure now is on Giannis. It's on his shoulders. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's no longer about what he does in the regular season. We know he's great in the regular season. We know the Bucks might have the best, you know, season, overall record entering the playoffs. But for them, it's about when the moment counts. I think that's on Giannis's shoulders now. Mm-hmm. And I think he took a turn last year where everyone loves him. He's like the darling of the NBA. Well, now there's expectation attached to him. And when you give a person that kind of money, I think that now there's expectation that they at least got to get you to the conference finals or win you a championship at the very least. Like they got to provide something back for you. And I think, and me and Dion were talking about this a little bit too, Taylor, you as well. Like, did he sign a contract for everyone else? Because when I heard Mm -hmm. his press conference, he said he was thinking about his teammates, his coaching staff, people around him. He was thinking about how all the talks of his contract would affect them. So part of me wonders, was Giannis that selfless and that just, you know, courteous to say, okay, I'll sign this contract to make you all happy at the sacrifice of my own happiness. And like we've been saying, he doesn't look happy when he's playing. Like I have Mm -hmm. not seen the same passion or joy that I've come accustomed to seeing from him. And I would never accuse Giannis, if anyone, of not giving effort. But he just does not seem to play with that same kind of fire. He doesn't seem pumped up out there. He doesn't seem like he's enjoying what he's doing. And it reminds me of LeBron's last season in Cleveland. The only difference here is that Giannis is no longer a free agent. He signed a contract. And I think that LeBron's last year in Cleveland, he felt the pressure of winning the title, you know, on his shoulders. And it kind of it made his game a little bit tight. And I think in 2010, the Celtics took advantage of that. They could see that he was not thinking about the game of basketball clearly. They were able to guard him a little bit easier. And I think that's the same thing with Giannis. Like, teams have caught up to him. They know how to defend him a little bit better. And I think his mind is not fully on basketball. I think he's feeling the pressure of delivering a title. And one last thing um, about this is that one of the things that Giannis talked about and he wanted when he signed that extension was he wanted Bud to play him more minutes because Giannis was averaging, I think, 29, 13, and 6 in under 30 minutes. PER efficient, like the efficiency is off the the charts. Mm -hmm. That's why he won MVP. But now he wants to play more minutes. And part of me, I think that's because he feels like he has to do more, like Dion was saying. Mm -hmm. He's putting all that pressure on himself. But I just think that that is weighing on him and his game right now. Like, I just don't see the same Giannis that we're accustomed to seeing. And if $228 million doesn't make you happy or kind of doesn't ease you a little bit, then it's definitely more than just the game of basketball that's bothering you. Like, I think the pressure is really on him now. And it's mm-hmm. in his own head at that point. Yeah. Well, and I don't think it's the money. I mean, Giannis can get $228 million, you know, from just about anyone. Obviously, you get the mm-hmm. bigger Supermax mm-hmm. when you re-sign versus signing somewhere new. But, you know, he knows he can get that money anywhere. And so it wouldn't surprise me at all if he wanted to go somewhere else, if he wanted to try something new. 
and but he feels that weight personal personally and professionally of like he loves the organization he loves his teammates his family is so integrated into the milwaukee community his brother is there you know and so it wouldn't surprise me if he did it for somebody else you know not that he mm-hmm. would be totally unhappy here but that you know he wanted to make others happy like you're saying and so we'll see we will you know it's super early could be yeah. totally overreacting super early. Exactly. you know he kind of had exactly. a tough game against boston you know he was good in the fourth but you know jason tatum had a couple of shots over him and you know he takes pride in his defense and jason tatum hit what ended up being the game winner over him and he you know bricked the free throw to tie the game mm-hmm. and you know maybe he's just letting that one game affect him you know who knows it's it's hard to say but through three games he looks a little like you said a little tight Mm -hmm. he looks a little tight tight. looks a little sluggish his joy looks a little joy you know his game looks a little joyless right now so we'll see this is something to keep track of Uh, as as we go forward yeah i wanted to point out what uh, what's the deal with his free throws what what happened? Don't I, I'd be happy to walk you through it, Dion. This is no no no. I get no, I, yeah. I know I know what's wrong Unbiased with like, his opinion form, ever. But like, it's not like he <laughs> shot fifty percent last year, because that's what basically what he's doing right now. He's shooting like what sixty? I think fifty four. Yeah, fifty four percent. Like yeah. I'm confused on like what happened. Is it the tightness? Like, is it because he's I like? I think it, uh, definitely. I think so. Because I yeah, get like I missing one or one at the end of the game, but like he's he, he there was a point in the Golden State game where he was like oh, one 50, for 11 50%. or something like that. And I mean, when he got that foul, which is first of all totally BS foul, so mm-hmm. dumb that he got that call. And I love Giannis, but I find Giannis probably today gets more calls than anybody, and it kind of bugs me. But I mean, that doesn't change my opinion of him, so he gets the bogus call. They, like, replay it. Tristan Thompson barely touched him. And he goes to the line. And I literally turned to my whole family. (laughs) And I told my whole family we were watching the game. And I said, no way does he make both of these free throws. No way. That's what my little sister said. We have have nothing to worry about. And sure enough, (laughs) he totally bricked the second free throw. He nearly airballed it. Yeah. And it's like, I I find myself thinking, like, why was I so confident that he wasn't going to make both? And sure enough. That's exactly what happened. Yeah. You know, to me, Giannis uh, is struggling. There was a point in time. Do you remember that point in time where LeBron wasn't clutch? You know, when the Mavericks beat the Heat in six, and everyone was like, LeBron's not clutch. LeBron's not clutch. Mm-hmm. And that kind of – he had that moniker. But LeBron James let it drive him yeah. and, you know, kind of put that to bed If at no other point than when Cleveland beat the Warriors. And so I think that's kind of what Giannis is going through. If he's been labeled not clutch, so we'll see if that motivates him or if it breaks him down. Yeah, that's a good point. One last thing: they play the Heat tomorrow. Bucks play the Heat tomorrow. Very interesting matchup for us to keep track of tomorrow. Yeah, because he should come out with that fire for like that revenge. Yeah, if he's not fired up for a rematch versus the Heat, the the team that is you know instigated all this. You know, not mm-hmm. not being clutch and caused all this offseason drama for him. You know, if he's not fired up to play them, then who will he be fired up to play if not the Celtics exactly. or the Heat? Exactly. Something to monitor. I feel bad that we keep saying that, but it's still so so early in the season. Yeah, it's just three games in. This is the first week. There's like right, – it's right, mostly right. speculation at this point. You know? I know. What, what do we have to do but overthink things at this point, right? <laughs> so that's what we're going to do. All right. 
we're running out of time, but let's briefly touch on the Wizards. Yeah. So, a lot of th- first of all, there, there's been so far this season. There's been a lot of you know kind of weird storylines that have developed. Like Cleveland is three and zero. Hawks are undefeated. Orlando Pacers. Orlando Pacers. Yeah, like I mean, way OKC one and zero. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's about to win again tonight. <laughs> yeah, like. We have some we have some young teams that yeah. are trying to arrive. Let's see if they can do it in the dog days. But mm-hmm. okay, people were speculating that the Wizards were going to be pretty good, and they are starting zero and three. So today, are we hitting the panic button on the Wizards, or are we letting it ride? What do you think? Uh, I don't I don't think uh, it's too early to tell, but their rebounding is horrible, and their defense is even worse so uh, they need to bring in some rim protection because brian thomas Bryant, whatever his name is he is not going to be he's not going to do it he's too <laughs> offensive of a player and he's not going to be the one to protect the rim um i feel like they're one missing piece away from being like a solid team in the east they'll still make the probably like the playing games because owing three it's not a good look you know i think I gotta agree. Like, I just don't. I just don't think the roster is really all that great. Um, I, I, I definitely think that Bradley Bill and Westbrook look really good together. Of course, like I think they are um, not a match made in heaven, but Russ definitely compliments Bradley Bill. Like he feeds him the ball, but I just don't think they have a really good enough roster. Like I don't think they can guard anybody. I don't think they could you know, stop a stop a, a cold if they wanted to. Um, <laughs> they just don't seem to be competent defensively. And I think it comes back to me, like, if you're asking Westbrook to be efficient, it's just not something he does because he's really not playing. Like, he's, average, he's got triple doubles, which we know he can do. But as far as, like, making the right decision to shoot well from the field, he's not really doing that at this point. And like you said, they don't really have any rim protection. So mm-hmm. if you got a center who can score 15 and grab 12 boards, you could have your way with them. Um, and then from the wing position, until Advia, who they just drafted, gets a little bit better and develops, they're going to be kind of sore from that area too. But it's early in the season, so I don't want to panic just yet, especially because they're in the East, so you always mm-hmm. kind of have a chance. But what Taylor was just saying, a lot of those teams that are undefeated are in the East, so the Wizards could wind up on the outside looking in yet again just because of how the season seems to be playing out. But it's a long season, so I'm not going to panic just yet. Taylor, how do you feel about the uh, Wizards right now? You know what? I'm hitting the panic button on the Wizards. I've, I've seen Ooh. enough to hit the panic button. Ooh. Okay. I love Brody, big Brody guy. But to me, the Wizards have a toughness problem. They look mm-hmm. like a team, an organization that's used to losing. And mm. it looks to me like they don't know how to win. They have a toughness problem. They have an edge problem. Okay. They play basketball. And no, nobody plays that badly. Like, they play basketball, you know, technically the way you teach it. And that, you know, they have some good individual players, but they don't play as a team and they don't play with any type of edge or toughness. And so if that doesn't change immediately, and hopefully Brody can kind of instill that, but I don't. I, to me, they just don't look like a team that's going to win, even though they have some decent players. So I'm I'm totally hitting the panic button on the Wizards. I've I've seen enough. Yeah, I can I can I can see that. Um, also, the the fact that Westbrook wasn't there last game 
didn't help them. But when you have such big problems in the fourth quarter, it's hard for people to find positives in you in your team. Because you go you go and play two games back to back against Orlando, and both times in the fourth quarter, you get scored on. 38 points in the first time and 43 the second time in the fourth when this should be your best defensive quarter, you know, that's that that can raise some red flags. Also, I, I can't hit the panic button, though, because this is basically a brand new team. There's a lot of new pieces. Westbrook just came in, what, two weeks ago. So I feel like as they get as he gets like acclimated um, and builds that chemistry with Bradley Bill. Something good could happen, but until then, I'm can't hit nah, the panic button. I'm, I'm, I'm hitting the panic button. They're not okay. finishing above seventh in the East. I'm calling it right now. Oh, seventh? Uh, okay, but oh, they're so, still like yeah. playing. I mean, seventh in the East is nothing to be proud of at this point. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know. That, I, that's a good. I, that's a good point Taylor makes though about like they have a toughness issue mm-hmm. like that, yeah they just see yeah they, they just seem like they're used to losing and it's kind of like i think last night they had a lead against orlando and i think they gave up the lead and it was a second time like Dion was saying they just coughed up the lead kind of so it's like they don't know how to win and mm-hmm. bradley bills only really i think tasted the playoffs once and I think that mm-hmm. was 2017 when John Wall was there and they had a pretty great series against Boston and he's an elite offensive player don't get me wrong but it's like Bradley Bill might not know how to win yet either and he's kind of wh- where Devin Booker was or where Devin Booker is of putting up great great numbers but them not leading to amounting to anything like I don't want that to be the story on Bradley Bill but that's kind of what it looks like if the Wizards continue to lose like mm-hmm. great numbers would maybe be the second or third piece on a team, but individually, like, does he equate to winning? I mean, I don't want to say that about Bradley Bill because I really respect his game, but, like, it just seems like the Wizards, like Taylor said, are used to kind of taking losses, and it's pretty much mm-hmm. routine for them. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. It's definitely a toughness mm-hmm. issue because no team yeah. would give up 43 points yeah. in the fourth. Or I won't, I won't panic on them yet. But I wouldn't panic I panic. But it's definitely yeah. like cause for concern. There's definitely red flags all around them. Yeah. They gotta go. They gotta be. They gotta beat the Warriors if they play them soon. At least do that. Mm-hmm. Then you can be proud of something. At least. Do that. <laughs> Maybe not. By the way, a side note: I was actually in the building last time they were their last playoff win that they had against the Celtics, Game Six mm. of the second round of the of the playoffs, where John Wall hit the game winner. And got oh, up yeah, on the scorer's yeah. table. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. I was in the building that night. At, that's, were that's, they, were they at home for that? Right, they were at the Verizon the Center. Yeah, they were at the Verizon Center oh, in in okay. DC. I was in okay. I was living in DC for the summer. Oh. Got tickets pretty cheap actually, even though it was a playoff game. But I mean, anyway, it was super cool, even though the Celtics lost. But mm-hmm. it, was a, it was a great game, and they haven't won a playoff game since because Celtics won so Game you're, Seven. You're, you're part of missed, history, right? Now. That's right. I mean. Without me returning to the Verizon Center, they have no They shot. might not win again. No shot. Exactly. No shot. No shot. <laughs> no, shot. <laughs> no shot without me. So Hopefully I'm put that on. That's Wizards fans, I apologize. That's totally on me. I'll have to make a trip soon. But, uh, <laughs> get them a 10-day, right. please. <laughs> yeah, let's get me on a flight ASAP. 
if you, if you care at all about your team, you'll get me on a plane and give me some tickets. ASAP. All right. If you're listening to this, we really appreciate you guys supporting the podcast and listening to us. Another reminder to go ahead and follow the show on Instagram at the dagger podcast, interact with the show and to keep up to date with everything we got going on. And once again, thank you guys. Hope you had a good holiday and we'll catch you next time for our week two impressions of the NBA. Thank you guys. Also, thank you. Before we, we before we depart, I promised something last episode. We would make a reveal. And if you listen so far, good for you because you're gonna discover what the surprise is. Uh, and that is that we will have a former NBA player and uh, overseas player joining us for an interview. That player is former Marquette basketball superstar, Travis Diener. He's gonna come and join us and uh, we will put on a show and hopefully you guys will enjoy it and stay tuned for more information on when we're gonna drop that. It could be Super this week or that. next week. Big things cooking, big things mm-hmm. cooking. Big Super things cooking. hyped about that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But anyways, that's it for now. <laughs> And we'll see you soon. Thank you, guys. Thank you. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and and there's there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 Weight Loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly, but if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800 or go to awaken180weightloss.com.